threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, do we have a great guest today. We do have an awesome guest. This was a fun little interview. It really was. I had a good time, dude. It was like she could easily just be part of the podcast. Yeah, we ought to just bring her on as like the third member yeah. of the Casual Preppers, right? Yeah. Who'd we bring on today, Cameron? So we spoke with Mother Prepper. Mother Prepper. Mother Prepper. Yeah, man. And she has an Instagram account, mm-hmm. and she's like has a lot of homesteading stuff, and she does... Uh, a lot of gardening, which is great. Yep. And jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. We talked about like that. Like a blend of what we talk about. All the I time. know, man. So no, she. Yeah, this was an awesome interview. Um, she has a lot of good tips and and a lot of um insight mm-hmm. into prepping that mm-hmm. I thought was good to come from the other gender because we're yeah. the dumb gender. <laughs> we're gonna have the smart gender give mm-hmm. us some info. That's right. So we're super excited about that. But before that, I gotta tell you about. Rhino ready, mm. Cameron. Preheated bug out bags are usually ill equipped, like one stop shops that lack the attention to detail of a custom loadout. Sure. Not the case over at Rhino Ready, the truest purveyors of kick ass survival packs and gear badassery. Their founder, Michael, spent years designing a modular bug out bag that combined critical survival supplies with performance build quality. After launching on Kickstarter, it took many sleepless nights tinkering on weight distribution, prototype testing, and in-person manufacturer visits to bring their products to life. That's what I love about this. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of gear. Throw get it in a bag. bag from China. Yeah. And some gear from Amazon. This stuff is, like, fantastic. They sell an absolute beast of a pack called Companion, which you can get fully kitted, or you can just build the pack however you see fit with your own gear. So whether it's to supplement your existing setup or a gift for a friend or a loved one, you can't go wrong. And that's what I love about these. I think they're perfect for, like, gifts. Like, hey, you know, you know, you want, I want your, you to survive. I want you to survive. I know you don't want to put the effort into it. Here's, like, a fully kitted bag for 72 hours. And it's classy. Oh, my. It's so not sleek. not like a bunch of <laughs> number 10 cans. That's the thing. Like, it's sleek. It's stylish. It looks really nice. Everything fits together perfectly. I did a video on this a few months back. You can find it on TikTok and Instagram. We'll try and share it out again. But it is it is very high quality for this pack. The cool thing is, Cameron, is we've got some goodness for you over at rhinoready.com. If you put in our code, Cam and Kobe are the best. No spaces. No spaces. You're going to get $100 off their companion kits. Dude. That's, that's amazing. $100. How freaking awesome is that? Plus, you're going to get 25% off everything else in the store with free shipping. That's a big deal. My goodness, you couldn't find a better promo code anywhere. Not for the, like, fanciest of fancy kits. No. Cam and Kobe are the best. Just remember that. I, you're thinking about it all day long anyways, <laughs> yeah. right? You've been, like, just saying it through yeah. the day. Cam and Kobe, Cam and Kobe are, the are the best. Yeah, it's like that, the chanting that uh, Ray, Cam or and that. Cam Kobe are the best. Yeah. I want to kill everyone. <laughs> Cam and Kobe are the best. <laughs> just like that, right? Yeah. So go check them out. Rhino Ready. That's R-I-N-O ready.com. And now, guys, ready for Mother Let's do this. Prepper. 
Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are stoked beyond belief to have a very special guest with us, Cameron, right? Yes. How, how excited are you? I'm excited yeah. because I know that you have sent comments and mm -hmm. uh, been a big part of our question and answer. So mm. you are awesome, and we figured let's bring you on. Yeah, so I couldn't sleep can... last night. I was so excited. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we have the one and only Mother Prepper here from uh, Instagram and, and everywhere else she is. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm stoked to be here. Oh, man. That's, that's so good to hear, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Cam. Uh, first off, um, before we get going, quickly tell us about yourself real quick. Uh, what is it that you do, um, and how did you get started in all the cool stuff that you're doing on the social medias? Well, I, I feel like everybody, I, I wanted to try to capture a lot of this preparedness journey when the world was crazy in 2020. And so I had been prepping, I guess you can say long before that. So I, I'm pretty much your average suburban mom. I try to really just not really change anything from what I'm doing. I, I wanted to take on preparedness. I wanted to share my journey through social media. Uh, I feel like when I started to look into preparedness, there weren't a lot of people that mm -hmm. looked like me. They weren't, they were usually these lone wolves that have bunkers yep. inside of mountains and <clears throat> Or, or homesteaders galore, or just wild, you know, just sur survivalists in the in the bush. And I was like, that's I don't fit any of those molds. And so that's so funny. I really that's wanted like to try. Very familiar to us because when we started this <laughs> podcast, almost exactly the same thing. We've told people it's yeah. like we really loved the yeah. the idea of preparedness and prepping. But every time we turn on a podcast or a YouTube channel, it was like either Super like super intense, yeah, like an ex military dude like it throwing was. ammo at the camera or something, or you know, some yeah. of the world is churning like their own butter and making their own underwear. It's like, man, we are not that, <laughs> you know. And it was and difficult, right? Because he didn't feel, yeah, yeah. let's not, it's not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was difficult because it, I didn't fit the mold. I, mm. I still wanted to be more prepared to be able to support my family, but I just didn't fit in anywhere. And so I felt like, you know, I'm going to take on this preparedness journey. I'm going to show that it is possible living in suburbia. I, you know, I work full time still. Mm. I, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like, a. a limitations that people will start with before they start prepping. They'll say, I'm too busy or it's too much money or I have, you know, it's going to be too difficult or I live, I don't have land. And so I really wanted to try to work and change the narrative of prepping to show that you can prepare even on a small scale is way better than not being prepared at all. A lot mm -hmm. of which I've learned from, from y'all and following a lot of what you oh. shared, just that casual preparedness, because it's true from, from yes. From you. So I, because it's it's so true, there's so many things that a lot of folks can do to be more prepared that mm -hmm. they can integrate into their daily lives. It doesn't have to be some crazy, it doesn't have to be some mass event that they have to take on. They don't have to spend their exactly. life savings and buy pallets of spam to feel more prepared. Right. I mean, or that's build a bunker great, but... or something <laughs> no. insane. Or build a bunker. Right? Yeah. Although I do want a bunker. I want I'm a pallet still... of spam. Yeah. And I know. <laughs> I would like one too, but it's, it's been great to share the journey and, and I am no expert, mm -hmm. but I feel like me sharing my journey and being vulnerable and, mm -hmm. and learning through a lot of other creators and people just like you has really helped encourage and empower a lot of folks to say, okay, I can do this. I can, I can buy a little extra food when I go to the grocery store. I can learn new skills. I can start a, a, an herb garden on the patio. These are things that I can mm -hmm. do 
And so if I can help one person feel empowered through my content, I mean, then that's, that's the goal. For sure. I love it. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of one of our, that's what we like to do exactly too. How Bring in is, as yeah. many, like just normal everyday people as possible to preparedness because again, there's a, a stigma with calling somebody a prepper, right? And uh, doing our best to try and throw that off and say, hey, no, you can just be a normal dude or dudette and, and be a prepper, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a part of your 100%. life, not your whole life. Mm. <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly all right that's fantastic uh, okay so we've got five questions for you um they're gonna be relatively easy um awesome. so uh good luck with these okay question number one <laughs> question number one um it's not often we get to talk to um a woman who is a prepper you know um and so we're really excited to have you on to ask this specific question here what things do you see that us idiots, men, uh, <laughs> tend to overlook when it comes to preparedness. Because I, if I've learned something from almost 20 years of marriage, it's that, uh, we think differently. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, you're, I hope you're, you got that a long time ago. It's not just now. No, just it's, I, it's about year okay. 18 when I figured it out. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. So what is it? I mean, I know there's things that we're overlooking or that you might say, Hey, we could do this differently and, and be more prepared. What is that? Yeah. I'd say it really three things kind of come to mind. I would say first hygiene, <laughs> not saying yeah. men are unhygienic, but I'm just saying when mm -hmm. it comes to preparedness, I feel like food storage, water, ammo, it's, it's usually top and then hygiene and sanitation, some kind of trail away here and there. Like, well, I've, I've got baby wipes. We're good. You know, yeah. and there's, <laughs> There's more to it. And so things, because in a situation, in an emergency situation, right, sanitation, hygiene, that's really going to equate to your, your wellness long-term, mm -hmm. right? And so if, if you have a, especially if you're prepping for a family, you're going to have maybe kids, you're going to have your wife, you're going to have people of all ages, maybe extended family. So you're going to want to incorporate hygiene and sanitation into your preps, mm -hmm. um, Feminine products are a big one, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. all probably have a, a, a wife, a girlfriend, daughters. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of situations where women are probably going to be included in this plan uh, and when emergency strikes and you want to be prepared. So feminine products are often overlooked. I can't even tell you in just, it, just in planning for the day-to-day, -day, I can't tell you how many like restrooms I've been to that don't even mm -hmm. think about women's like yeah. feminine products. It's just an afterthought usually. Sure. Uh, so really the last one that kind of comes to mind are comfort items. And I feel like a lot of people, not just men kind of forget that. So especially if you have children, it, things like a board game or, you know, a, a plush toy that's going to comfort your child. If there's ever a situation that is, you know, pretty extreme and, you know, emotions are, tense and everything's heightened, having just a few things that bring you comfort, whatever mm -hmm. that might be, are going to be such a game changer and keeping kind of level headed through the situation. And I think mostly in a family setting, because the reality is if, if the situation strikes today, we're all going to be thinking about our families. Yeah. Yep. It's not just going to be us as individuals. So that's probably the three that come to mind. I like that. You yeah, know, that's and perfect. plush toys are great for husbands too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you just need something right, to cuddle right. with while you take a nap. Yep. Right. I know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Begin, like when we started doing this, that hygiene was not even on my list. Mm -mm. Like that, it's weird. <laughs> it, it wasn't. So um, like Kobe's the one that kind of started talking about like toothbrush. I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about that. Like you just, it's, it's always there and you use it every day. 
you don't really think about like I need to have yeah. a supply of it. And so I think that's awesome that you brought that up because I that is for sure. Mm-hmm. And even um my wife, it's like we go somewhere or travel and stuff. She's like, Oh, I forgot, <laughs> you know, some feminine things. And it's like, it's so easy to forget in just your everyday mm-hmm. like travel and the unexpected. And it's like, if you don't have that stuff Super. stockpiled, you're going to be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Question we, number two. Are gonna be, yeah. <laughs> someone's going to be in trouble. It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, this, this question I'm very excited about. Um, we've been following you for quite a while on, on the socials, Instagram specifically, I'm sure you're on all the other social media platforms, but this is the one where I see you the most. And I get excited because I see lots of jujitsu content and, uh, boy, that makes my heart happy. I've been doing jujitsu for about three years now. I fell in love with it. I became obsessed with it. And so I love to see people doing it, especially women because, um, Again, jujitsu is for everyone, right? It's for everyone. Jiu-jitsu is and so, for everyone. So I like I like I love to see women doing it and I love to see women showing it off. Say, hey, you guys can come do this. Um, so why did you choose jujitsu for one thing? And what makes you keep going back? Because I understand how hard it is to continue going back, especially in that first six months. Yes, jujitsu is for everyone. And uh, if there's one thing you learn early on about jujitsu is it's a cult. But guess what? It's the best cult. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> says every cult member, right? So exactly, jujitsu. <laughs> jujitsu is amazing. It really is for for everybody. I actually didn't start jujitsu for myself. I had enrolled my daughter who is a toddler. Oh, nice. Uh, and I said, you know, I I want to make sure that she's equipped. And then mm-hmm. I would sit there on the sidelines and watch my daughter's practice. And I'm like, you know, I. I really need to do this too. This, this is, I can't expect my daughter to take this on and I don't understand the complexities and how hard this is. And so I, that's awesome. you know, I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it. And I go back. There, I, there's, I wonder sometimes if people have something that they know every time they go, mm-hmm. it is going to be hard. It is going to challenge you. You're probably going to get hurt mm-hmm. and you're going to be exhausted, but there's, there's, the ability for you to go back and say, I want to get 1% better if I can every time. Like there's, there's very few things that really push you. I feel like at least in my life to that extreme to where you just, you want to, you want to power through it and you want to understand it more. Um, So for me, jujitsu is incredible. I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid. I love it. Yes, I've got like seven (laughs) geese. Drink deeply. So yes. Yes. So I love it because it is real life application for me to really own my self-defense and be more Mm self-reliant. And even though I have other tools of self-defense that I use and I practice with, right, there's a very real real reality that I could go somewhere where I don't have, I don't have those. And Mm -hmm. if I am not equipped to understand how my body can become a self-defense tool for myself, Mm -hmm. but also the training to calm my mind, to react in a way that I can control there it's, it's teaches you all of that. So jujitsu is great because it is both a standing and a ground fighting sport, um, right. an art form. And even though most of the time my practice is, um, grappling on the ground, I feel like as a woman that is incredibly powerful because, uh, if there's ever a situation where a person's attacked, one of the first things that happens is you're taken to the ground. Mm. And guess what? You're in my zone now. Right? Now, so you, that's now really you're where, in my place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really where it thrives. And for women, that is incredibly powerful. And I don't know if you've met 
you know, at least when I started, I had not really met a lot of jujitsu folks, but when I started to meet them and, and drill and, and roll with them, jujitsu is so very unassuming. You never mm-hmm. really know who is really good at jujitsu. I mean, we have people of all ages, all sizes, all backgrounds that are all, all different, you know, levels of experience and belts. And they are just so unassuming. You would not know that these people can throw you as yeah. hard 100%. as they can throw you. Yeah. Like there's there the smallest, weirdest mind. guy in the corner that looks like he's, you know, into like every comic book or something, you know what I mean? And he yeah. will ruin your world in like 15 he seconds. Smash you. Exactly. Yes. And so I know my limitations, my size, my strength, the fact that I'm just smaller frame than most people. If I had to think about who would, what would my attacker look Mm -hmm. like? And so what I, another thing that I really love about jujitsu is you're able to use technique and what you have as, as your tools in your body against strength, speed and size. And so technique is incredible. It's hard. You don't get better at it by just showing up. You have to be put in some really terrible situations. And one of the things I've said lately is you have to learn how to embrace the suck because you're going to suck for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's one thing that I feel like is such an advantage for everybody is it doesn't matter how strong or fast you are. Jiu-Jitsu teaches you to use what you have against your opponent and in, in some incredible ways. And so I can talk about that alone for hours and you can tell I'm all like, Excited yeah. about it. Salesperson. I'm I mean, so like, with you. Yeah. <laughs> explained it so well. Yeah. Cause like I, I'm a small you need to dude. Sign up. <laughs> I know. I, am a, after I was like, man, I think <laughs> you need it. Cameron. You get a shoot. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am a small dude. I'm like 150 pounds, 5'11. So I'm skinny. I'm long. Um, so I'm probably, I'm like one of the smallest guys in the gym. Right. But, um, again, a lot of times that just doesn't matter. If you've got technique, mm-hmm. you can, you can hang with those guys. Right. It's not fun sometimes. Yeah. Hey, it sucks being on the bottom of side control with a dude that's 250 pounds, right? It sucks yes. horribly, but you know that you can get that was it. me last night. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it was me like almost every night. But there's a lot of different things that I've gotten from it. Obviously, the self defense aspect is fantastic for anybody. It keeps you in shape, right? It's a, it's a conditioning aspect that's great for anybody who wants to be prepared. You got to be conditioned for. A lot of different things that may happen in some sort yes. of an SHTF scenario. Um, I too have three daughters. Two of them are are in jujitsu, um, and Good. one of them specifically in the past has had like some anxiety issues. Right, like it's been it's been tough for her in different situations. But through the years in jujitsu, she's just learned these skills that like it's gonna suck right now, but I can get through it, and I have ways to get through these things. Um, and yeah. I think that's it's it's a great mind teacher uh, jujitsu right it is you are simulating murder (laughs) every time exactly yeah i mean there's no really way you're Mm -hmm. simulating somebody who is attacking you and i feel like the only times that you're really able to find yourself in that situation are through live Mm -hmm. roles like that and so when your opponent when you when you're ready to go and that timer goes off by the way the timer is so drawing you're like oh my god right (laughs) so but the moment you start you realize you have to put yourself as close to this possibility mm-hmm. uh, as as you can. And it, through time, you really learn how to calm your nerves, how to see openings, how to maneuver. And I'm not there yet. I will fully admit I'm still much a yep. spazzy white belt. Mm-hmm. But you have to – I didn't anticipate it would be such a mental game too. Oh I didn't God. anticipate that I would have to – 
slow my thinking down that I would have to fight the urge to kick, bite, and scream. Mm-hmm. Because again, you're simulating murder and it, it's not like you go to play tennis and you get the same experience. Yeah, right? exactly. This is, I don't know any other place that you can do that because your opponent is right there. And even in other martial arts, I feel like it's not quite mm-hmm. the same because you have some distance between you and your opponent. That's not the case with jujitsu. No. They are for better, or for worse, all in personal. your space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And, it, it, and it's like, yeah, you learn when to rest and when to go and when to see openings. I've not learned how to rest. No, yet, I know. So. It's like, that's the thing you start to learn. And again, it's, yeah, I'm a blue belt, but I'm still like working through a lot of that stuff. But man, it's just, it's so awesome. And then the other aspect of this, uh, we're going to talk about this forever and Cam's going to be pissed off. Um, I'm still here. <laughs> he's still here. Cam, this is Cam, Bye. guys. Um, <laughs> but the other aspect of this that I like that you sort of mentioned, it's a cult, right? We, we talk about like, yeah, it's a cult. Everybody wants everybody in. But when you get in there, there's a there's a thing that kind of happens between you and your training partners. You you get close in a really weird way because you uh, you're trying to murder each other and, and you're you're tapping each other out and it and it sucks and you're fighting hard. But then afterwards, it's yeah. like fist bumps and hugs and you, you get kind of a weird closeness that you don't get anywhere else. That's true. You have to tr- fully trust your opponent. Mm-hmm. You are trusting them with your body. I can't tell you how many elbows I've seen. Mm-hmm snap you have to also you not only have to trust yourself to know what your limitation is to when you should be tapping out because it Mm -hmm. you're gonna tap you should you don't want to get hurt (laughs) and some people are too prideful and it ends badly but Mm -hmm. that's a whole different thing but you you're trusting your opponent to read your body when you can't when you're not quick enough to say tap right and so it is there is this complete trust and vulnerability that comes with jujitsu because in a quick few seconds in the role, you'll know if this is somebody that is, mm-hmm. is going to respect your body enough to say like, this is a move I'm going to try, or this is maybe too advanced, or I should slow down and match them at their pace. Yep. And so all of this, by the way, is unsaid. Yep. You're just reading somebody's energy and how they're flowing with you or rolling. And it's, it's quite it's quite interesting because it's not like you're having it. So today we're going to take it a little light yeah, exactly. and I'm going to put my leg here. You don't have any of that beginning conversation. It's mm-hmm. just go and you have to adjust. So yeah. it requires a lot of you. What exactly your point? Mm-hmm. So cool. We could go on about this for hours, <laughs> oh, yeah. but we should probably move on to the next question. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can do some more jujitsu stuff another time. And I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Like, so I, Everybody knows I don't do jujitsu, <laughs> yeah, but, but I've done it. Like mm-hmm. I've spent some time doing it and, and it terrifies me to think of what kind of endurance and energy I don't have. Cause I remember I was just like, Hell you yeah. know, I'm going to use all the strength I have. I think I can hold my own. And I was exhausted in like 0.2 it's seconds. Exhausting. I was like, holy crap, using every muscle in my body. Yeah. So against a guy the, that was my size, the fitness thing. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He, <laughs> um, but just like. Yeah, that the, the the physical aspect and the endurance that you would build is my biggest interest. And then along with it, yeah. like the camaraderie and stuff that I see you guys have. Yeah, so. it's insane. Like the camaraderie. I can't even describe part. it. I don't have much to say on it other than um, you just Not better yet. hope You're you never encounter it. somebody that knows jujitsu <laughs> if you don't know it. So yeah. um, exactly. on another note, which is completely different, um, I know that you like – your followers and, and the videos that you post, you do a lot of gardening and homesteading uh, things. And that is awesome to me because like I, my Thank mom's you. a very good gardener and I try to spend a lot of time learning how to do it. But my question for you is because I know you do it and I know that you're successful at it. 
do you think that you, so with gardening and the skill of gardening, do you think that you could sustain yourself and your family with gardening alone? Or do you need to, like, would you just suggest that everybody solely prepare and store their food because it's too hard to garden and everything like that? That's a great question. I'm a big fan of building redundancy into your preps. And so if somebody's going to say like, it'll be fine, I've got seeds, mm-hmm. I've got a seed vault and uh, I'm going to just <laughs> yeah, throw them no, in. That's, yeah, I've got a lot of heirloom I mean, that's seeds, the reality. What do you, right. do you know how that's, to use those? <laughs> and so the worst time to try to garden is when you need to rely on it. So, yeah. The, yeah, so I... I'm very much a fan of doing both if you can. And I feel like there's there's power to that because even if you're an expert gardener, it's going to take time for your exactly. crops to grow. So you're not going to have that in, in two days. And so what are you going to do in the meantime? And so if you're not actively taking a stab at gardening and really trying to hone those skills, just like any skill, it, you're not going to know what to do if an emergency was to hit tomorrow. And that's just reality. And I myself am included in that. I, I know I show in the, a lot of the highlights. And by the way, social media is a lie. I don't know if anybody knows that. <laughs> right. So a lot of people, myself included, they're not showing the millions of plants that died in the process of trying to get this micro homestead started. But gardening is a skill and it's a journey. And there's going to be some terrible failures and there's going to be some incredible wins. And guess what? Not every time that you try that, the, the circumstances are going to be different. So the reason I say both is are, are, are things that you need to explore is because if you're not already growing all of your food or a majority of your food, you're already behind the curve. So for me, it doesn't seem realistic that people are going to just say, well, if, you know, Things at the fan, I can just garden. Well, if you're not already doing that to the scale you need on top of that, you're not going to know what to do. So you should be also thinking of food storage and water and sourcing food, alternative ways, foraging, things like that, because it is very, and you can have things that are completely outside of your control. What if you just have an incredibly long, like really warm spring Mm -hmm. or resources are scarce like water? There are so many factors that you really cannot account for until you're in that situation trying to grow food. Um, maybe you just get terrible wave of pests, which happens. You can have the best soil, adequate water, incredible sunshine, and you just need one infestation of the wrong pest and your crop is wiped out. We see that all the time in large-scale agriculture, right? They're, they're not immune to that. And so I feel that the best avenue for somebody who's looking to find a way to sustain their family as far as food in those type of situations is to do both, to understand what your family regularly eats, what you can store long term. There's some really key staples that you can preserve in my lot uh, for a very long time uh, and understanding how to cook with what you have, but also supplement with gardening. Yep. Because if you solely rely on your food source being food storage. Well, guess what? That eventually runs out. Mm-hmm. It does. So you need to be able to balance and support either bucket of what you're doing as far as sustenance for your family, because you need something that is regenerative. Y- your food storage is finite. That's eventually going to run out. But in the meantime, you'll be able to supplement with things from your garden. So it's kind of a balance for, for sure. me. And even, you know, and I live in the suburbs, so I don't have massive amounts of land to grow everything that I would hope to, to need. There's a lot of people out there in the preparedness community that are also homesteaders. I feel like it's this Venn diagram of like homesteading and preparedness and they do a great job, but this, 
that is just not my reality. I live exactly. in suburbia where it's, so that's also the limitation I was speaking to. I feel like earlier where a lot of people, they think of, they have this desire to become more prepared because they've seen just the events of the last couple of years alone. Right. That's telling. Hmm. So they want to become more prepared, but they're already leading with the limitations. And they say things like, I don't have land and I don't, you know, I don't have a community and I don't, I live in, in an area that I would really, I can't have chickens or quail or anything like that. And so I feel like when you lead with these limitations already, already at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. there's so much that you can grow mm-hmm. either with tower gardens indoors or herbs on your patio. There's just a lot you can do in a limited amount of space. It's more about taking on uh, the preparedness aspect in the season you're in. So, um, that was my long-winded answer. That was to awesome. You like you answered that a hundred <laughs> times better than I asked it. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of what I wanted to hear you, you explain. Is oh, like I'm I glad. think that the two should go together. And like there, I mean, there's a thing. <clears throat> gardening is not the sexiest thing to talk about, and but it's I, hard. I love it. It's super hard and it's super frustrating. But I think learning how to do it and learning to add to what you have is hugely important. And Yes, I don't think you can solely go off from it alone, especially if you don't have a ranch or a farm or something like that. Even yeah. then, there's huge risks, so you've got to you've got to add it too. But um, I do think it's a skill worthwhile, like you said. And 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 there's things yeah. you learn that um, I don't think you ever would if you didn't try. Plus, you don't no. you understand the area you're in and what can grow. I mean, you can just drop a zucchini seed and it'll <laughs> grow like crazy and then watermelon yeah. and corn i struggle getting those to grow very well and so you just kind of learn tough. what to do and how to like what to add to what because i i do i i see a lot of these survival boxes coming with mm-hmm. like heirloom seeds and i'm like those are awesome but does anybody know how to use those and can they even grow in the area you're <clears throat> that you're in so a lot of people don't even know their grow zone. I remember when no. I first said, like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a garden that's going to be amazing, and I'm going to show people that it's possible. And then I remember another uh, more tenured gardener was like, what grow season uh, or what zone are you in? I was like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? No. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> so it was – there's so much to learn. There is. Uh, but I don't want to – I don't want that to deter anybody mm-hmm. that's no. listening no, to feel think- like it, they can't start it. It really is – it's a journey. It's a learning journey. Yeah. It's never going to end. Yeah. And you should get started before you need to exactly. rely on it. This feels like jujitsu <laughs> a little bit. Kind of the same thing, it right? Is. Yeah. yeah, it's a journey. It never ends. And she's very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I try. A- awesome skills. <laughs> you need to do some jujitsu in the garden or something, get some mats out there. Oh, that would oh, you know that I mean? would be top top of the charts. Wow. Yeah, that's some good ideas. Tell you yeah. what. Yeah, <laughs> ideas, ideas. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that was a great answer. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. I'm long-winded. No, so. You're very good. You're mm-hmm. very, like, very clear, much mm. better than I am. So <laughs> it's definitely not our. I'm going to bring you on on all the sections that I have to do in the future. <laughs> I'm going to turn the time over to yeah. because I can't do this. He <clears throat> he's great at this. Um, okay, we got a couple of questions. These last two questions we asked to everybody. These are the most awesome. important questions of the whole thing. Yeah. So I want you to. Oh, I can't mess this up. Get ready, buckle in. Okay. <laughs> uh, question number four. What conspiracy theory do you find the most interesting and entertaining and why? I mean, if you know oh, us, man. you know we love conspiracies, but you kind of know that we really aren't conspiracy theorists. So that's just, you know, caveat yeah. everything with that. There you go. So a little bit of background. I work in tech. And okay. so this is probably why this is going to speak to one that I found interesting. I'm not quite sure if this 
it fits in like a conspiracy theory. But have you mm-hmm. heard of the simulation theory? Oh, oh yes, my gosh, very yes. much so. <laughs> Such so a crazy one, one to like, try. I, like that's it's, a, uh, <clears throat> that's yeah. a rabbit. Okay, so my mind's already like, yeah, exactly. So I work in tech, which mm-hmm. already sets me up for wanting to be intrigued about this. So. Yes. That's probably the one that I find that is most familiar. I'm sorry, most interesting for me is because, you know, you grow up watching movies like The Matrix, right? Or um, The Truman Show, the comedy version of that. I mean, but it's, 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 it really points back to could this be just Mm -hmm. a simulation? So So for people, it is so weird, but sometimes they say things that are, you're right, you can see it. And so, so for people listening, the simulation theory is kind of this theory that's presented that our reality is not quite reality. It's part of this big simulation with super fast, complex, capable computers, much like you would see in the movie series, The Matrix. Um, there are there have been a couple movies that have kind of pointed to this. I know I talked about the comedy Truman Show. There's also um, the uh, Netflix special, not special, um, Netflix movie that spoke a little bit more about this in depth called a glitch in the matrix. And that yeah. was, my mind was blown even more. And I, I have to actually rewatch that. <laughs> but for me being in a tech background and understanding the power of a lot of these, you know, AI has been a huge topic of Where discussion. Where tech has gone to now, you're like. Exactly. You think back to two years ago and you, I don't think we would have been having the same discussions about artificial intelligence in the way we are today. Every time I'm on social media, I hear about a new AI app that can can simulate somebody's voice that can um, create images just by a description that you type in a text box. It is incredibly powerful. It is incredibly scary. Um, and I, I quite I don't quite know what to expect. But that's why I keep coming back to the simulation theory, because I think about it and there are some things that are compelling arguments. I'm not saying <laughs> it's right. 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 I'm okay. just saying that it is super interesting to me uh, because there, there are things that I feel like I, I would struggle to explain mm-hmm. to somebody. Things like, what is deja vu, really? What is? Yeah. What are dreams? What are these weird feelings of like similarity to a place I've never been before? Yeah. Right? I'm like, is this, a, is this a glitch in the Matrix? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. And so <laughs> Mandela you can tell, effects, I get all, right? Th- that's kind of another yes. one. Exactly. That's another one. That is another one. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I, you know, that one's kind of fun to entertain. It is fun to entertain because you just think about where we are in tech today. And you wonder if this is just millions. The veil is just lifting and you're really seeing about what's, what's happening. Yeah, we did. I would recommend you look into it if you're watching and listening. We did an entire episode on it. It's pretty fun Um, to like look into. Last year or something, maybe we did an entire episode and it was just, man, it's just so interesting. That's a great, yeah, that's such a fantastic conspiracy theory. Lots of good stuff in that one. I still remember after I saw the Truman show Mm -hmm. thinking like, I'm in the Truman show. Yeah, you're like looking around. You're like. Thinking of when I'm coming around like a grocery aisle, I'm like, people are like, here he comes, here he comes. Yeah. And they're like pretending to shop and stuff. Isn't that I remember wild? thinking That's that. I was like, I'm in this. It's all about yeah. me. <laughs> you always feel a little bit self-important when you're yeah, thinking you like do. that, right? Yeah. But that's a great one. That's a that that one's awesome. Yeah, that one I feel like transcends time because every time I'm like, I feel like I dispel it. I'm like, that's ah, yeah. a bunch of BS. Something happens in tech where I'm like, oh, uh, is that possible? It's, yeah. So. Yeah. And I remember them asking like Neil deGrasse Tyson about mm-hmm. what he thought. And he's like, 
50-50. Yeah. And that makes the most sense. I'm like, yeah, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh even, even like, not to throw in, like, religion in some way people believe, you mm-hmm. know, like, our life is a simulation of, you know, making the right choices and all that stuff and come back. So it's like, I can, it, it just, it's yeah. so weird. But anyway, that's a great one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. I know. <laughs> like, You're oh, welcome. No. You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> We are part of the simulation too. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Last question. Uh, the most important question of all of them. Uh, this is a very important. Yes, yeah, it's very important. So to take all the time, you do you need. have the, you know, okay, like you ready? <laughs> You're ready right, for this because it's it's important. All right. What is your favorite movie of all time and why? Oh, take your man. time. Okay. Well, I have to prime this by and saying now you got to tell us. I am. Okay, I have to prime this by saying I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Oh, especially, yes. We like to hear that. If he's, we are oh, perfect. Are you especially excited about Oppenheimer? I am yes. like, we could oh be more excited. And I think this is this is going to be a deep so thought good. one. Okay, perfect. So you are my people. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan, especially when he partners with Hans Zimmer. No, oh my god! You're gonna say Interstellar? <laughs> just say it. No, Hans Zimmer. All yes. all of his stuff, like it just it gets you so. It, I just got done talking about the like simulation theory. Of course, it's either yes. gonna be Interstellar or Inception. Yeah, uh, great okay. movie. So which one are you? Interception? I'm so glad that you put okay. those two together because yeah. like Hans Zimmer builds the suspense by that. Like you know, he takes the tone. It's like. 100. Mm-hmm. percent Like it just so builds up, good, and you're man. like, why do I feel so weird about this? That's so cool. Yeah. Why am I floating? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it, so I, I struggled with Inception and Interstellar because I feel like Inception was like the, the gateway to sure. his movies and really, that like, one really, cool. yeah, I would agree. Oh, it, it gripped the nation. I think it still does when you, uh, when you kind of watch it, but I would have to say though, after watching Interstellar, my brain was just like, what's happening. So mm-hmm. I, I really loved Interstellar. I mean, I love all of his movies, even the prestige. It just mm-hmm. gets you to really think mm-hmm. in a way that is outside of what you would anticipate the storyline to go. Right. And so whether it's the prestige or tenant was really fantastic to even ones that are a little bit outside of what my normal taste would, would be with like Dunkirk. Yeah. I'm not Dunkirk usually into like a lot of my, yeah, it wasn't quite on par with his other ones for me i don't know that cinematography it wasn't that, but that it was movie. different but he, he did it in taste i still like it was it. great i'm a huge world war ii like fanatic so yes he is yeah so, so for that, me interstellar beautiful choice it's interstellar. oh my god oh yeah. my gosh like it, I, I will watch that one by myself often because my wife's like ah, it's good my wife hates it my wife I went hates to the it. theater to see it by I'm, myself I'm, and that I'm was hurt. the best decision i ever made because <laughs> i was just so into it like yeah I, I, there was no distractions, and you kind of have to watch it that way. Oh, it's so good. yeah. If you watch hour. it with the distraction, I get frustrated. Mm. You do. <laughs> like, Stop You're like, wait, wait, I'm trying to figure this out. The yeah. first hour <laughs> of that movie, to me, I think is like perfect. Like everything, okay. the, the set design, the cinematography, the the writing. Oh my gosh, the first. I mean, the whole movie's great, but I just something about that first hour just like sets it up for me. It's just perfect. Yeah, the music in it does. Christopher Nolan too. just does. Yeah, and so the partnership and Christopher Nolan. He, I talk about him like we're best buds. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Chris told Chris. me. Oh, yeah. Chris, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He tends to use a lot of the same cast and mm-hmm. partners, and so that's why you see a lot of his partnership with. 
with Hans Zimmer, except for, except for, um, I think it was Dune. Uh, no, Dune is where Hans, uh, had broke away. Cause he had a different project, which also right. was another great movie. Um, but even through all of his movies, you just see him able to tell a story in such a psychologically different way. And I just, I'm always captivated by his work because it is so compelling in ways that I just, I thought I knew what to expect. And then you're taken for a ride and then you're brought back and you're like, what just happened? It's great. All yeah, of it's he, great. Who just priced that? I like, agree to like, I don't understand the script at all. <laughs> I know, huh? but I'll do it. Right. I mean, who did a better Batman? I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the no Dark Knight. Oh my exactly. gosh. So it good. made Batman like so my good. favorite. So yeah, like um, it did. The best superhero. I. <sighs> Fantastic. Man, I'm glad to end now, man, this well, podcast yeah. with Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Oh, so good. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know we're just a couple of idiots that make uh, silly voices on microphones, but we appreciate you coming on to talk with us because, again, I think our um, motives are very similar. We're just trying to get as many people yeah. as we can. And thank into- you for what you do. Yes, thank you. You're trying to bring people oh, thank into you. doing it that are scared or don't think they mm-hmm. would be part of it or don't want to be. It makes it more normal. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, normalizing preparedness is definitely, I feel like, something we're, we're doing, and yeah. it just needs to keep going. I agree. Yes, thank you so much. All right, guys, um, where where can we find you? Where can the people listening, where can they go find all your cool content? Most of my stuff, <clears throat> my content is on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I will revisit YouTube. I feel like yeah. getting into long form is harder than I thought it would be. It's not But easy. apparently, now you can also find me on Threads. Which yeah. is new. That happened like so, yesterday, huh? That, exactly. Exactly. So that happened. But most of the time you can find me on, on Instagram. Um, and if you have questions, please feel free to reach out. I love connecting with everyone. That's awesome. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you again. Uh, we appreciate you and stay survived. Thank you.